The U.S. Supreme Court recently declined to review a data breach case involving the 2014 hacker attack on health insurer CareFirst, which impacted the personal information of 1.1 million individuals. Had the Supreme Court decided to take the case, it would have been the first data breach case reviewed by the high court. Instead, the case is now headed back to lower court for a potential trial. I'm Marianne Kolbesak-McGee, Executive Editor of Information Security Media Group. Today I'm speaking with attorney Patricia Carrero of law firm Axon, Veltrap, and Harkrider. So now, Trish, just to provide a little background for our listeners, a lower court had dismissed the Care First Class Action case for lack of standing, finding that the risk of future injury to the plaintiffs impacted by the data breach was too speculative to establish injury in fact. A federal appeals court overturned that decision, allowing plaintiffs in the CareFirst case to proceed with their punitive class action lawsuit against the insurer. However, CareFirst was granted a stay, giving the insurer an opportunity to petition the Supreme Court to review the case. But as we know, the Supreme Court has taken a pass on that. So with all that said, what are the implications of the Supreme Court's decision not to review the Care First breach case? You know, it's really mostly more of the same as far as what we've been seeing in data breach cases. Courts coming out in both directions as far as whether people whose information has been exposed but not yet misused can sue in federal court. So the Supreme Court denying cert here, as you said, was more a pass. There wasn't any sort of discussion explaining why they chose to deny the petition for cert. So saying anything beyond that it's a pass involves a bit of extrapolating, right? That said, let me extrapolate. So I'd expect this pass, as we call it, to be characterized in two ways in future litigation. And which way it gets characterized by whom will depend on what side that person is representing in that litigation. So those wanting to argue in favor of standing will say, look at care first. The Supreme Court had a chance to get involved. If it had wanted to, it could have reversed the appellate court's finding in favor of standing, but it didn't. In other words, those wanting to read the denial of cert in favor of standing will use the court's denial of cert as an effective endorsement of the appellate court's decision. On the other side, those wanting to argue against standing will take the contrary position, and they'll point out this was a denial of cert, it was not an affirmance. It was just the Supreme Court choosing not to get involved, a decision that could be based on any number of things and not necessarily that the Supreme Court thinks that people whose information is exposed but not yet misused necessarily have standing to sue. So now, Trish, what are the next steps in the Care First case now that it's headed back to the lower court? So I wouldn't be surprised to see a settlement. That is very normal at this point in a case. The court's ruling on a motion to dismiss is often a watershed moment in cybersecurity litigation. So once you survive the motion to dismiss, there's a big jump in settlement value because the defendant knows that even if it has these great defenses, it's going to incur substantial litigation costs. So defendants are more willing to pay to make the case go away. The nuisance value is upped. But besides for settlement, uh, the stay has now been lifted in this case. So a stay basically is like hitting the pause button on a litigation. So while all this argument about the motion to dismiss was going on, everything else was paused. 
now that the motion to dismiss agreement has hit the end of the road, there's no more appealing it, the play button gets hit, the rest of the case is no longer frozen. What that means here is that discovery can be moved forward and the court can address the plaintiff's earlier motion for class certification. Now, if settlement doesn't happen at any point before discovery, once discovery closes, I think we can certainly expect a motion for summary judgment. So, Trish, if this does move into the discovery phase, what do you think the plaintiff's attorneys will be looking for when it comes to care firsts and their security practices? Sure. Well, I think they're going to want to figure out what cybersecurity practices care first was using, what care first considered in deciding upon those practices, whether outside consultants were brought in, what advice those consultants gave, and whether that advice was followed, whether audits were performed, which of the many cybersecurity standards care first complied with, which it didn't comply with, what vulnerability or vulnerabilities permitted the hack to occur, you know, what representations care first had made about how secure its insured information was information about whether Care First could have discovered the breach sooner, anything along those lines. Based on what we've seen with other settlements in other cases, if this case gets settled, what would the plaintiffs be seeking in terms of a settlement? Would it be, you know, extension of credit monitoring? Would it be monetary payment? What sort of settlements have we seen that could apply here, you think? all of those things you mentioned. So typical settlements in these cases are going to involve seeking credit monitoring, yes, also seeking compensation. Uh, the large kicker here is often attorney's fees. That tends to be very, very expensive in these cases. And also a change in what Care First is doing going forward. So these people will be seeking to say, okay, Care First, what you did with cybersecurity didn't work this is what you have to do going forward to ensure that this doesn't happen again. So, Trish, what should other companies at this point be learning from this case if they're also a victim or have been involved in a large data breach involving protected health information? So the decision on CERT really doesn't do much on that point. The lesson remains, don't collect more information than you need for everyone, right? Destroy information you no longer need. Try to avoid getting hacked. <laughs> Make sure you're properly investigating cybersecurity. Ensure appropriately. Document what you do to safeguard the information, why you make the cybersecurity decisions you make. If you are hacked, notify your insurer immediately. Contact counsel. Let them retain your forensic investigators. Make sure you send out the required notifications on time. Really all the same advice you'd received before Care First filed their petition for cert. When thinking about class action litigation following data breach, you still have the same case law that existed before the Care First petition. So some jurisdictions like the District of Columbia, 6th, 7th, and 9th circuits are still better for plaintiffs. Others like the 3rd, 4th, and 8th are still better for companies. So now, Trish, you said that because the Supreme Court passed on this, we really don't know what they were thinking in terms of any specifics on the case. But being that they did deny to hear this case or to review this case, are there any other data breach cases on the horizon that could be headed to the high court and anything that we should be watching for at this point? So 
Whether the Supreme Court will decide to grant cert in any of these, I don't know. It's hard to predict based upon, you know, just getting a pass without further discussion. But, you know, last year there was another data breach case that sought cert from the Supreme Court. It, too, was denied without discussion. So, ultimately, I think the Supreme Court taking up another one of these petitions is more a matter of when rather than if. As far as current cases that I'd peg as most likely to have the possibility to involve another one of these petitions for cert, a couple come to mind. First is Storm versus Paytime Inc. It's currently on partial remand to the Middle District of Pennsylvania. It involved an appeal to the Third Circuit of a motion to dismiss based on lack of standing, but that has been put on hold pending approval of the party's settlement. Uh, they expect to file their motion for preliminary approval within the next month, so it's certainly something to keep an eye on. So if the settlement is not approved and the appeal resumes, it could lead to a petition for cert. I'd also keep an eye out on Morrow versus Quest Diagnostics in the District of New Jersey. A motion to dismiss based upon lack of standing was filed in it on January 29th of this year. If the motion to dismiss decision is appealed and a petition for cert, then could be down the road for that case as well. But you know, you never know. Maybe we need a high-profile case like Equifax to tempt the Supreme Court into getting involved. Thanks, Trish. I've been speaking to Trish Carrero. I'm Marianne Kolbasak-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.